Praise God, and I hope God is blessing you already. You know, uh, many people are looking for the recipe for a Merry Christmas. Huh. We're all searching for it. You know, is it the right kind of dinners, the right kind of family gatherings, the right kind of events, the right kind of lights. Um, it just goes on and on. We're searching for the right kind of this and that. And also people are looking for the recipe for life. Um, and uh, they want to know, what is that recipe? And they see, feel like they're missing some things. Well, I'm so excited about the scripture and about coming back to some familiar passages. Because when you come back to familiar passages, they begin to reveal new things to you time and time again. Some of them are things you already know. But all of a sudden, sometimes you, you nail in on an ingredient and go, man, I need to hear that. That's what I need to know in the Christmas story. So this morning, we want to take a look at this Christmas story. We want to look at some of the elements in this recipe to make a very Merry Christmas, because that's what we all want. In the first part of Luke chapter 2, Mary's just given birth to Jesus. She's wrapped him in swaddling clothes. She laid him in a manger, which was a, 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 an animal trough, didn't have five-star accommodations, but they seemed to be happy, and they did that. That's where the king of all the universe was laid as a baby. And then in Luke 2, 8 through 20, we meet the first people who received the birth announcement. It's not mom and dad. They don't have a little gender reveal party. They're not doing any of it. It's some shepherds out in a field watching their flocks at night, doing their job in the normal everyday of life, and this all happened not very far from Bethlehem. So if you have a Bible, I want you to read with me, Luke, starting in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And let's read that Christmas story. Amen? Hear God's word. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord, this angel has showed up three times now, this is the third time. The angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord, which is something else, shone around them. And they were terrified. That means they were really, really scared. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. That's what angels always seem to say when they first, when, to human beings when they first meet you. Don't be afraid. There's reason to be afraid. You saw the angel, didn't you? In the opening slide. That's more accurate than the angels we see. These were army angels. These, were, these are messengers. These are the army of God. They're powerful beings. And so the angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will, be, that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, which was Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah. The one you've been waiting for, for centuries. He has come. He is here. He is the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, this angel wasn't alone. A great crowd of the heavenly hosts, the heavenly army angels, all looking just like this one. They gather and they appear and they are praising God. And they're saying, glory to God in the highest heaven 
and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's go see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph, and they found the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, the mother of Jesus, treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. You know, mothers, that's what you do, don't you? That's why you're so precious to us. You just think the, the, the sun rises and sets on us, your kids. And you listen and you ponder. And you, and you let certain things go deep, and we appreciate you for that. And Mary did that. She treasured those things. And it says that the shepherds, though, they returned to their fields. They were glorifying, praising God, high-fiving each other for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Wow. What a great Christmas. What a great Christmas. I want you to notice five things real quick, and I know that we don't have as much time to go through a lot of this stuff as we might on a normal Sunday morning, but I want you to catch a few things while we have a chance before you leave for the rest of your Christmas celebration. Um, that there, there are really kind of five elements I'm going to touch on, and they kind of all work together to make that first Christmas a very Merry Christmas. And I'm here to tell you, that will also, these elements will also make your Christmas very merry. They'll make your life very merry as well. So let's look at some of these things, these elements. First, there are divine messengers. Divine messengers that came into their life. That's a huge thing, and we all need divine messengers. God sent these specific divine messengers to announce the Messiah, the Savior's birth and then to give them details on how to find him. And the decision was up to them then. It was not every day, in fact, it was never, that shepherds would receive such visitors, such messengers, in their fields, who would speak a word into their life. But there were messengers that come. And you know, you and I, we don't always have messengers that come into our lives either, that speak words into our lives. But God sends them. I don't know if I'd ask you to raise your hand how many people have had an angel show up at you in your, an actual angel that you go, this is an angel of the Lord. You, probably none of us would raise our hands. But all of us have had human divine angels that have showed up in our lives with a word from the Lord, a message we've needed, and it's blessed our lives. This occurrence, God sending his archangel, Gabriel, who stands in his presence, it's proof you know what it's proof about? A few things. And I want you to catch the proof about, one, God is paying attention to us, and he has a plan. It's proof of that. It's also proof that God cares for the least of these, because there barely could be a lower class of people for the angel to show up to than these shepherds out in the fields. And it shows that he cares. In fact, this, this squares with the rest of Scripture, because the Bible says in Isaiah 57, 15, and that'll be up on the screen, and you can read it. It says, for, the, for this is what the high and exalted one says, he who lives forever, whose name is holy, 
I live in high and holy places, but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. That's where God lives. You want to know where God lives? Yeah, he's high and lifted up. But he also lives in low places. You know, it's not just, what was his name, that country singer? Garth Brooks, thank you. He's not the only one who has friends in low places. God does too. And he says this, and he tells us, this is where I dwell. You didn't really realize that. You didn't think. It's not just the rich, not just the powerful, not just the smart. No. I'm with you who are lowly. That's a good thing for us to hear, isn't it? Hebrews 1.14 also says this, Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who, inherit, who will inherit salvation? If salvation, as the angel said, was truly for all people, that means God is present <coughs> in all lives. He's present in your life. We might not have angels come and give us messages. No, but we're going to have human messengers that he's going to send either by his sovereignty or, or just direct intervention, and they're going to bring us a good news word from the Lord. God is sending messengers. I want to ask you this morning to think and consider, if you were to stop, who are the messengers that God is sending into your life? Who are they? I'm telling you, if you've got a Bible sitting with you, you have a Bible full of 66 books, 39 Old Testament books and 27 New Testament books, and they all have an author. And they have many different people who participate in those books. Those are messengers sent to us. They're messengers sent to you to tell you the good news, to let you know how God has worked on this plant, in this planet and what he is going to yet do to give you foreknowledge of what is yet to come. God is sending divine messengers. We have many, not only through the Bible authors and participants, but also messengers that have come into our lives, people right around us. Could be a mother, could be a father, could be a brother or sister, could be a friend, a neighbor. God sends, could be a donkey, right? God sends messengers to speak words into our lives. They're divine appointments. Are we paying attention to them? Who are they for you right now? That's the first thing to see. God cares, and he's sending a messenger. Next, he sends a good news message. We think that God would send a condemning message, but he doesn't. But I want you to check something out here. Think about this. When an army, <coughs> excuse me, when an army, not of your people, not of your nation, a foreign army, when they show up at your doorstep at night, and they knock and say, hey, I'm here. It's usually not a good message, is it? They don't usually come with a message of peace. You don't expect that either. You're scared spitless because you know it's bad news. It's not good news. <coughs> but this was a good news message that these angels brought. It was a message of peace and of grace and of glory and of joy. And the first message was a message of joy for all people. Why did they come? Why were these angels coming? Why did they show up with this message? Why did God send angels? They're coming into enemy territory. 
The evil one has control over the world system and his demons. People have rebelled. They're living for themselves and against God. But God has a plan to save those that are made in his image. So he's got to send, he's got to send people packing because there could be battles. There could be fights. There could be skirmishes. So he sends people armed to the hill, his angels. Wow. But he sends them with a message, not of, look, you're about ready to get your rear kicked and everything you have decimated. No, he says no. Joy to all people, not just the Jews, not just the rich, not just the religious. And then the angel Gabriel proclaimed that on this day, in a nearby town, he gives specifics, the long-awaited Savior who will save you from your sins, the Messiah who makes everything wrong right, was born. I want you to know that. He was born. And then the angel concludes his announcement by giving the shepherds clues on what they need to track down this baby and this Messiah. So why did he send his archangel? Why did he send this huge entourage of angel messengers? Well, he sent them, one, because it was a dangerous situation, but two, because he wanted you and me to know that the full commitment Power and authority of God was behind this message. You can trust this message. We have the power to fulfill it. You need to see it because it's true. And once they saw it, they could not help but believe it. Oh my gosh, yeah, they can take care of business. Yes, they can do whatever they want to do. Yeah, this is going to happen. And he wanted them to know that, and so it established that the full power of the Almighty was behind this message. This was a truth that could not be changed. Even though man was in sin, God was generous and kind and compassionate and would act on his love toward mankind to save them from the clutches of sin and the evil one. Do you know that this is God's good news message to you and me this morning? It is. That's what God is saying. God is for you today. Know that. He is not against you. This is a good news message for all people, no matter what. It's a good news message to the good person that we love down the street. It's also a good news message uh, to my nephew who's on death row in San Quentin. It's a good news message to all people. If you receive it. If you receive it. Do you know that this morning? It's a good message to you. So, so receive it. Amen? So there's the first two things. But once you get this messenger with this message, what does it lead to? Well, it leads to some other really great things. Right? You know you're valued as a recipient. You know that you really matter. You know that God means business. But there was something else in this message that morning. And it was the glory of the Lord that shone around them. You need to know something about glory. Glory is evidence of God's presence. It's his presence. God Almighty showed up too. Not just these angels, not just their power, but God himself. And a great company of heavenly hosts appeared as well, saying, glory to God in the highest. Yeah, but guess what? 
glory on earth and peace to those on whom his favor rests. Man, these recipients got to experience a dose of God's presence, his power, his glory, and it blew their minds. I, you know, we, we kind of read it, we kind of step back from it and don't really get that, but when they say they were terrified, when they said they were rejoicing, they really mean it. They, their minds were blown. They were blown by what they saw. They were blown by what they heard. They were blown by the message they received of peace that should have been of justice. It put every other light show that's around here in Wichita to shame, right? It couldn't even compare to what happened that night. Are you open to, are you looking for God's presence? Are you looking for his power, his glory in Christmas this year? Are you going beyond the, the presence and the lights and taking some time to stop and say, God, show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your power. Show me your blessing. Let me hear your word that's good to me. You know what? The Lord will listen. Because you're in, in, yourself, in saying that, you're confessing, I need you. And I'm open to you. And I'm willing to repent if you lead me to. Because I know you have a good message for me. Show me your glory this morning. So like the shepherds, God will speak to those who are seeking him. Like the shepherd, God will speak to those who make room for him. Those who carve out time to listen. I would encourage you, if you haven't yet, carve out some time to listen to the Lord by yourself. And, and get this scripture open and hear God speak to you his loving message. And show you his glory. Amen. Well, we have to move on because these, these shepherds did move on. After they received these divine messengers, after they heard the message, after they saw the majesty, it all led to something. And I love it. It led to movement, to receive. It led to action upon the message, to trust it. They had responsive movement. To not act upon the message, that would be silly. To have those angels show up, to see the glory, to hear the good news, and just sit there in the field and go, oh, that was really cool. That was neat. <coughs> Wasn't that wonderful? Hey, where are we going to go to dinner tonight? You know, where are we going to lunch today? That was really cool. No. There has to be more. Because if you don't act upon the message, you leave it hanging. It's like having a check that's unsigned. Why would you write out a check and then not sign it or have it undeposited? If you write me a check and you sign it, I'm going to deposit it. I'm going to act on it and deposit it. That's what these shepherds did. And because of it, they didn't leave it hanging. Because when something's left hanging, it's not any good. The shepherds responded in action. They ran off to Bethlehem to see what the angels had told them. They found this baby. They witnessed about what the angels said to other people so this witness could continue. They played their role to explain God's purpose for this child, and they encouraged Joseph and Mary in their role in God's plan. They were an encouragement because they acted. They acted. If the shepherds would have never moved, if they would have never acted, if they would have never witnessed, they wouldn't have gotten to, that final, to our final point today in our message but they wouldn't have blessed other people either. And they wouldn't have been blessed so much, and, and that's what happened at the very end of this thing. And the very last element of a Merry Christmas is joyful marveling. If you want to get to that place of joyful marveling, 
you've got to receive the messengers God is sending into your life and hear the good news message. And you've got to be able to open yourself to experience that magnificent and the glory of God. You and I have to. We have to do that. And then we've got to respond in action. And it leads to joyful marveling. Listen to verse 19 again. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart, trying to understand them and make sense of them, wanting to know what they all meant and how they could lead to more blessing in her life. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. They heard and saw some things because they moved. And they were praising and glorifying because these things were just as they had been told. All of us want assurance of our faith. All of us want to be blessed. All of us want to get to that place of joyful marveling. And, and the way you get there is by taking the steps to get there and keeping all these elements together and acting in faith. So this morning, the five elements were the key to experiencing a very Merry Christmas. Where are you in your life this morning? What steps do you still need to take? or to still need to see. This morning is your divine appointment. It really is. I didn't just prepare a message to be cutesy or nice or fun. I'm obviously dedicating my life to following the Lord's lead, as you, many of you have. I am his messenger this morning, bringing you a message of good news. It's for you. So I brought this message full of good news and magnificence. How are you going to respond this morning so that you might joyfully marvel at all the good things that you see and hear in God's message to you this Christmas? How are you going to respond in action? God wants you to have joy, unspeakable joy. God wants those of you who don't know him as Lord and Savior, he wants you to know him. If he's tugging at your heart, listen to him. If he's not, then I encourage you to keep seeking after him. Go see. Go see. Research. Because the Lord has come. He's here. And there's no other name under heaven and earth by which we must be saved. It's, it's Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, who came as a baby, who lived as we lived, who showed us that he knew us and then suffered and died on our behalf according to scripture. He paid the death penalty for our sins. And any of us who will come to him humbly and ask for forgiveness of our sin and forgiveness of trying to be the Lord of our life, he'll receive us and will be brought into a love relationship with him. He wants you to know him. And he wants to pour his spirit into you to make you a new creation. Not one that will rob you of your identity, not one that will rob you of your fun and joy, but one that will help you to become the you you were always intended to be. That's one of the greatest things I discovered when I first accepted Jesus as Lord of my life. I realized and looked at somebody and said, I finally have become Kelly. I finally can be me without the pressure to try to be someone else or to present some other image. And I'm no longer afraid. Not afraid of death. Not afraid of sin. Not afraid of, of anything in life anymore. He 
because the Savior has come. That first Christmas was awesome after accepting Christ. I hope it can be awesome for you. So I'm going to invite you to stand, and Pastor Grant's going to come, and, I want, and, and we're going to invite you to keep responding to the Lord. If you need to receive him and accept him, do that. If you need to repent, do that. But bring your attention to up front, and let's continue to worship the Lord. Amen.